0: an ancient saying in the Middle East that says this when the Lord's hand is in your mouth you are fed generously we we often talk in the church church circles that the world is hungry and the scriptures tell us that we hunger and thirst after righteousness and if you read through scripture, you you can read a lot of things that talk about our physical nature of hungering and thirsting. And isn't it amazing that the creator of the universe created mankind and everything... It, realize this with me this morning. If this is all you get, this is more than you can pro- probably go over in a year. That he created everything about you, your physicalness, your your gifts your talents he created everything about you to point to him everything about you is to point to him number one to point you to him but then to point the world to him and so how many of you have eaten in your life that'll get some hands up in your life how many of you have eaten everyone in the room or you wouldn't be here right Some of us too much. But he created, think about this, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, ready to create mankind. And they said, you know what? We want to create mankind with a dependence on what we provide. I want to create this human being with dependence that draws him to me because I am food. So I want to read to you some statistics and these are earthly, but I'm going to tie it all back in. So U.S. News and World Report for 12 years straight have, and I know you can buy on the list. I'm just giving you the list, that Jenny Craig was a number one rated diet in the United States. Do you know why it was number one rated because they saw the most success when you had to buy the specific food that led you into the diet. So in other words, you have to buy the food. I don't know all this. I'm just telling you from what I've read. You buy the food every meal and you eat even the snacks are, are bought. And then by doing that, they figured it out that it makes you lose weight. And so there's lots of diets But the ones that are stuck to the most are the ones that you actually have to get their food. I'm not here to tell anybody about diets. I'm just here to tell you that there is a food that we as believers should be consuming. And if the world has a program that says if you eat this food you will have this outcome then we better pay attention. Because The word gives us a food that we should be consuming that gives us a certain outcome that we never are hungry. And so the number one, ranked number one for 12 years straight because they force you, if you're going to do their thing, they force you to eat what they provide. Now, the Lord, in all of his wisdom, created us to need food because he is food. And if he is food and we consume him, then we will have an outcome that he describes in scripture. And so many people spend much, much, much money. I just looked at one page of it. Much, much, much money for someone to tell them what to eat. So, that they can get the result that they desire. One of the largest and fastest growing parts of society today is personal coaching and strength coaching and all the different coaching because they tell you what to do, you do it, and you get an outcome. So, how can we, as the body of Christ, miss? the prescription that he gave us in scripture. Now, I don't know about you, maybe I'm the only one, so I'll just bear it all this morning. When I am hungry, I get a little cranky. I see all the elbows go around the room. Sometimes I get grumpy when I am ready to consume something. Let's go read some scripture this morning. Turn with me to Exodus 16. This is all about being fruitful. Exodus 16, verse 1. And they journeyed from Elam, and all the congregation of the children of Israel came to the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai. On the fifteenth day, of the second month after they departed from the land of Egypt, then the whole congregation of the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. They were grumpy. What were they complaining about? And the children of Israel said to them, Oh, that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the pots of meat and when we ate bread to the full. For you have brought us into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. They were in the wilderness for 40 years, and for 40 years the Lord brought them bread. Every day, except for the Sabbath. Every day brought them bread which sustained them for that whole time let's continue reading then the Lord said to Moses behold I will rain bread from heaven for you and the people shall go out and gather a certain quota every day that I may test them I'll read that again and the people shall go out and gather a certain quota every day that I may test them Whether they will walk in my law or not, and it shall be on the sixth day that they shall prepare what they bring in, and it shall be twice as much as they gather daily. Then Moses and Aaron said to the children of Israel, At evening you shall know that the Lord has brought you out of the land of Egypt, and in the morning you shall see the glory of the Lord, for he hears your complaints against the Lord. But what are we that you complain against us? And Moses said, This shall be seen when the Lord gives you meat to eat in the evening, and in the morning bread to the full. For the Lord hears your complaints which you've made against him. And what are we? Your complaints are not against us, but against the Lord. Then Moses spoke to Aaron, Say to all the congregation of the children of Israel, Come near before the Lord, for he has heard your complaints. Now, he provided food for them in the wilderness. So they never lacked. They never were short. And it says, In the morning, he gave them bread, and in the evening, he gave them meat. And they should have started a song saying, He's done it again. Every day, in the morning, he's done it again. In the evening, he's done it again. He's done it again. Our God is faithful. He's done it again. He's done it again. And that should have been what was coming off of their lips, but they were just complaining. This isn't right. That's not right. We should have been back there where we were. That was better than what we're going into. Every one of the people that ate and were sustained by that. Every one. Experienced the hand of the Lord in their mouth. Every single one it's interesting that the bread couldn't be stored if it was stored it would go rotten you know the story you can just keep reading but it was brought to them every day so that in that day they had everything that they needed for that day but they couldn't store it up because if they stored it up it would go rotten and they couldn't hold on to more than what they could consume Yet they grumbled. They complained. They were mad at God. Why did you bring me here? I see a, a distinct parallel with being fruitful in the church today. See, what they had to do is when they ate the bread, they had to appropriate the gift that God has given to them so that they could function in life. They had to actually process the gift to then actually be able to be released to let it go to the the work that they had to do. And so not only did they have to receive it, they had to go out and do it. They had to receive it, they had to process it, and then it became fuel for them so that they could go do something else. And so if you're here today and there's no fuel to the fire of your life, then my question is, are you with him? Because he says, I am your food. Turn to Luke 11. We'll come back to Exodus. Now it came to pass, verse 1, as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, that one of the disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. And John also taught his disciples as John also taught his disciples. So he said to them, When you pray, say this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Give us this day our daily bread. Do you think that Jesus was talking about the stuff that came from heaven to sustain them every single day? I think he caps that off. If you go to Revelation, you can read about what he said about the end of the manna. But we don't have time to go there today. But the interesting thing, he says if you're going to pray to the Father, this is the way you should do it, and say, give me this day the bread that will sustain me, that will fuel me, that I can appropriate so that I can do the work you've called me to do. I was in New York, and enjoying that, I'll be going back there again this week, but um, I was in New York and just letting the Lord minister to me, and I I said to a pastor friend, I said, I'm disturbed about all the pastors I read about and I talk to that are just burnt out. And I said it bothers me because burnout burnout is something that I don't believe the character of the father would ever do to a son. I just doesn't it doesn't click with me. Pastor Sean, that the Lord would burn you out as a pastor, that's just not that's not it. So I was, I was trying to process this and, and what does this really mean? And I think that this verse describes it. That the sustenance that we need does not come that we can store it up for a long time, but we have to be in his presence every single day so that he gives us exactly what we need, exactly when we need it, exactly how he knows we can process it that we can then appropriate it to do the work that he's called us to do to be the light that he's called us to be in the world it's every single day and if that's happening in churches and it's happening to leaders then it's happening to everyone sitting in the room And the call, I believe, in this last hour is for a church that is more in love with Him than we've ever known. But I don't know how I could love my wife if I was never with her. Let alone know what she likes. Let alone know how to appropriate the fuel that she gives me. Go back to Exodus 16. This manna was a supernatural gift. It was not from the oven down the street. It was a supernatural gift. Now here's the thing. They didn't work for it. They didn't pay for it. It just showed up. You come out of your tent in the morning and it's there for you to gather. And then you take it in and appropriate it through your day. It didn't cost money. It wasn't something that you could earn. To every person... In that place, to every son of Israel, to every family, to every tent, it was free. Because he's that good. He's that kind of a dad. And yet today, in this moment, at this exact moment, he's providing bread for you. Bread that will sustain you, bread that will shape you, bread that will make everything that you are doing in the kingdom make sense. So, my question is this Are you accepting the gift, participating in the gift that He's given you, and then appropriating that gift to see the world change, or are you complaining? You see, as I look around the world, I do see a lot of hungry people outside the walls of the church. I do. But I see a lot of hungry people inside the walls of the church. And if you look at our, if you look at our uh, Summit 6, the first one is to be with Jesus. Every day. Every day. It's the foundation for the life of that you are called to live, to be every single day in His presence. I know that some people probably thought that they could earn it. And they did things to try to earn it, to try to get more. I'm sure. But there were some that didn't appreciate it. In fact, all the people that ate of that bread and of the meat and that were sustained for 40 years in the wilderness only two made it to the promised land they received the sustenance daily the the hand of God was in their mouth where they ate tremendously well and only two of them because of obedience made it into the other place Joshua and Caleb that's it now I'm going to process with you. Two of them made it because of obedience, which means the other millions didn't make it because of disobedience. We shake our head with that, but there's this, there's this deeper thing that I believe the Lord wants to reveal to us, and that is that, that if we're with Him, obedience becomes the norm. When we grumble or when we don't receive the daily appropriation of what he wants to do, we become disobedient in things that have no relation to the food that we're consuming. As we were worshiping today, we sang a song, You're Beautiful. And I was challenged laying on the floor up here. I was challenged. And I had to ask myself this question. Can I say to the one, the one who deserves all my affection, who deserves everything that I have, who sustains me with every single breath, can I say you're beautiful if I'm not saying that to my spouse or to those in the earthly realm how can I declare it to him if I can't say it to someone on the earth? And the only way that I can say it to someone on the earth is if I'm with them. I wouldn't walk up to a stranger in Bueller's and say, You're beautiful. That would get me in trouble. Why? Because there's no relationship. He's calling us deeper. John 14 says this, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. So if we take that back to those two out of all those people that actually made it, they kept the commandments of the Father because they were obedient and their heart was not to grumble at what he was providing them. You see, I think that the reason that pastors burn out And believe me, I've walked that path. I know what it feels like. I know that the reason why I felt burnout and the reason why I didn't burn out was because I felt burnout because I was looking at everything in this realm. But the reason I didn't burn out is because I stopped looking at this realm and I started looking at the one. And so we have people around that are so consumed with their jobs, they're consumed with Tuesday. You need to go vote go do it. Vote kingdom values. This is the constitution of your life. Go vote it. That's great. But here's the thing. We worship one who is never elected. We worship one who can never be removed from office. We worship one who sustains us every single day with food. Turn with me to John 6. Jesus describes himself in John 6. And I want to close with this. All of this is so good, you should just go read it. Verse 22. On the following day, this is after... He walked on the water, fed the 5,000 the next day. When the people were standing on the other side of the sea, saw that there were no other boats there except that one which his disciples had entered, and that Jesus had not entered the boat with his disciples, but his disciples had gone away alone. However, other boats came from Tiberias, near the place where they ate bread after the Lord had given thanks. They consumed bread... After the Lord had given thanks, and it multiplied and fed many. When the people therefore saw that Jesus was not there, nor his disciples, they also got into boats and came to Capernaum seeking Jesus. If you taste the bread that Jesus brings, it creates a hunger for that. I'm going to rephrase that because it should. If we eat the bread that Jesus brings, it should create a hunger in us for more. But we see in history that it doesn't always. It doesn't just happen. It doesn't just happen that you have a walk with Jesus, everybody. It doesn't just happen because you call yourself a Christian, that you have a walk with him who feeds you. It doesn't just happen. And when they found him, do you realize if you seek him, you'll find him? On the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them and said, Most assuredly, I say to you, you seek me not because you saw signs, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. Do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you. Because God the Father has set his seal on him. He doesn't deserve our worship because he's the bread of life. He deserves our worship because he's the king of kings. But he is the bread of life and he, we worship him not just because of what he gives us, but because of who he is. Then they said to him, What shall we do that we may work the works of God? How can we work to attain what you're providing? How can we do something to get what you have? Jesus answered and said to them, This is the work of God that you believe in him who he sent. The only sermon of the Father is Jesus. That's it. That's it. It makes all this, all this Christianese just go away. It makes it all go away that our one goal every single day is not to go to the fast food place and get our lunch. That's not our goal. That's not even the desire of your spirit if you're born again. But oftentimes, that's what we feed us. We feed ourselves. We get the cheapest thing. We get the fastest thing. And we get some energy to move forward and then we crash. one of the other interesting things about this study that that i was reading about the us whatever it is and and that jenny craig was the number one is that th- they suspect or they they say that the reason why that food changes is not just because of the caloric intake and all that but it's because of the quality of food in which they put in the container what you put in your soul what you put in your soul is the only thing that fuels you so if you come to two o'clock and you have that horrible nap crash that you need right it's because the stuff that you put in you isn't sustaining you come on somebody has those sometimes the problem is we have spiritual ones every day because we haven't been in the presence of the one who is bread Therefore, they said to him, What sign will you perform then, that we may see it and believe you? What work will you do? Our fathers ate the manna of the desert. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Verse 32. Then Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who, who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Then they said to him, Lord, give us this bread all the time. We want it. And Jesus said, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger. And he who believes in me shall never thirst. He doesn't walk in your tent and hand you the manna and say, I'll see you tomorrow, Stephen. He doesn't do it. But we can you realize, I, this, is, this is radical to me. I watched yesterday our neighbor get food delivered, like, like food delivered to the house from some fast food restaurant. Now like that's fat, not fast enough to go through the drive through It's like now we got to get it delivered to us. I'm not picking on him. I'm just saying, like, like, we as Americans aren't, we aren't okay with the drive-thru anymore. We got to have somebody deliver it to our door so that we can have a heart attack. Like, the junk of the world delivered to our door. And then pay three times as much. I don't get it. My question is, is, is this what your life looks like from heaven? Is this what our lives look like to God? That we, God forbid, have to go through a drive through because our lives are so busy that we drive through and if you take more than four minutes, we beep the horn? Is that what he sees? Is that what he sees? I'm asking in the church, is that what he sees? He sees a group of people who are willing to go through the drive through but if he takes too long, I'm going to go somewhere else to get food. And then if the drive thrus is not fast enough, then we actually have to beg to get it delivered to us at home. I can tell you one thing. The devil can run a drive-thru and he can do the door dash to your door with things that will give you a heart attack and sickness and disease. And why do we make the phone call Why do we go through the drive-thru? Because we're missing the bread from heaven who is always available, who wants us to consume him. He wants us to appropriate who he is into who we are so that we can die and he can be the only thing that shines forth from us. But it doesn't come in a drive-thru and it's not dashed to you. that I may test them. What are you consuming? What are you consuming? Is it bread that sustains you spiritually so that the things of this world don't sway you? Or is it that your, your family has to come around you and support you because you're emotionally not able to function every day because the world is too wild? The problems in the world, the problems in the church are because we're not consuming that which is free, that which doesn't cost money, but it will cost you everything. You have to die to consume the bread from heaven. He died. Our position is on the cross. He took that position. But we still have to die every day to say, listen, I cannot function on that which I consume from this world. I will only be able to function on what I consume of you. And he says here, come and take me every day. I am the bread of life. Remember, He made you to desire Him. Have you, ever, have you ever like, been around a person who was programmed to do things a certain way, i.e. sometimes children, and then try to change them? Isn't that a little difficult? And it takes years and years and years sometimes to train those, those things that they were born into out of them. We were born to eat the bread from heaven. And the world has worked on us and worked on us and worked on us and worked on us and worked on us us to, to make us convinced that the stuff that comes to our door, the stuff that we can get quickly is the real deal. And it's not. And I believe that the Lord in this hour, and I just want you to stand with me, I'll have the team come up. I'm asking and I've been praying this week and I'm praying this morning that somewhere somewhere deep inside of each heart that the Lord would deposit the bread from heaven to make you so hungry for it that you can't do anything without going to him first. There's one thing about this that I think I need to say, and that is you cannot consume the bread from heaven with your mind. You cannot give mental assent to the king, the one who created everything and created you with the need to actually consume him. You cannot do that with your mind. And I can't convey how much he wants you to consume him. Then they said to him, Lord, give us this bread always. He said, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger. And he who believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me and yet you do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and the one who comes to me I will by no means cast away. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. This is the will of the Father who sent me, that of all he has given me, I should lose nothing but should raise up in that last day. And this is the will of him who sent me, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have everlasting life. And I will raise him up on that last day. And the Jews complained because he said, I am the bread of heaven that sustains you. May he rip off our religious things we've been programmed to think. I find it interesting that they saved some bread as a covenant so that the generations would know that he provided for them. Have you partaken in him? Jesus said, I am the bread. And he was sitting with his disciples one day. Judas had betrayed him. People had walked away. There was a small group of people that actually cared and believed in him that wanted to be with him. Not so different from today. Some want to be with him. Many want to talk about him. Many want to declare his name, but few want to be with him. It says, and as they were eating, Jesus took the bread and he blessed it. Would you get out your elements, please? he gave it to the disciples and said this, take and eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Declaring what was about to happen to his physical body, he declared with the elements, and we know that in the scripture it says, every time you do this, do this in remembrance of me. I don't want you to just remember this day and this moment. I want you to remember the next four chapters. Because that's what he was declaring with the bread. As he broke the bread, he was declaring that his body was broken so that we could have wholeness. Somebody in the room, you might be here needing healing in your body. The lashes on his back the blood that was shed, the, the flesh that left him unrecognizable as a human paid the price for you. And he says, this bread represents my body, which is broken. As you consume this, would you not just give mental assent, but would you, would you allow it to penetrate your heart what this actually means? That his body was set aside wholly for you. And he said to his disciples, this is my body which was broken for you. Take and eat and it will impart into you. And I say that this morning. Father, today as we consume the body and the bread, would you reveal to us the sustenance that comes from the sun. Would you reveal to us in a tangible way? Take and eat. Then he took the cup and he gave thanks and gave it to them saying drink from it all of you. Said this for this is my blood. Which is of a new covenant. Which was shed for the remission of sin. The blood that is forever wet on the mercy seat. Not just the blood covering the sins of the past but the sins of the future. His blood that was shed, His hands, His feet, His side, so that we could have life. Not just one day, not just the day that you said yes, but for eternity. So he took the cup and he blessed it and he said, take and drink, this is my blood which was shed for you. Father, today we thank you for Jesus. Jesus, we thank you for your obedience. And Holy Spirit, we thank you that today we can only know the power of the bread from heaven because you reveal him to us. So, so today we not only consume this knowing the blood that was shed but we only know that through the Holy Spirit we remember in faith every price every drop of blood that was paid on our behalf and we consume this in Jesus name the greatness of his mercy and love at the feet You Father I ask that throughout this week That we would Know you every single day Jesus that we would Consume you Not just to Take away the little bit of hunger But to sustain us Jesus would you invade our Our closets our our time with you, whether that's in the car or wherever it is, would you just invade that space and let us taste of real quality? Come have your way in our lives. Mold us, make us into who you've created us to be. And may we learn how to consume more and more and more and more of you. That we don't even understand who we were, but we only know who we are in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. As Pastor Rob said at the beginning, um, we have third Wednesday on the 16th, so make sure you're here for that. And then next Sunday at 6 p.m. And then I know that they fixed the QR code. So if you could not get it to scan, it is resized on the screen. So you should be able to get the whole thing in order to register for the conference. And the offering buckets are in the back. Have a blessing, everyone.